Welcome. This is the Business of Vulnerability, the podcast that shares the wonderful work that individuals, organizations, and communities are doing around the world to try and help those who are most vulnerable. Welcome to the Business of Vulnerability podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Art Wilson. Art is the director of the Curtis Center for the People's City Mission in Lincoln, Nebraska. Art, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing the work that you're doing. Yeah, happy to be here. Glad to be a part of, of getting the message out there and talking about the work that we do here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, man, I, I'm really appreciative of you coming on. I am curious, what, what, is, what is the Curtis Center? What do you do? Uh, walk us through kind of your day-to-day and what you and your team are, are doing there to help individuals experiencing homelessness. Definitely. So the Curtis Center, which is named for Carl Curtis, who was a state senator here in Lincoln, Nebraska, who, who helped fund the building that we're located in, uh, is a transitional living uh, unit as part of the broader building here at the People City Mission, which is a homeless shelter. So we do transitional living. We have 60 individual units. They're single room occupancies. We only house adult males, so 19 and older here in Nebraska. 19 is is the age of being an adult here. So guys come to us, whether they're guys who have been living on the streets. We do a lot of work with guys transitioning from some sort of other facility, whether that's a mental health facility or uh, incarceration or like a rehab facility, like a, a substance use facility. So we house them for a period between anywhere from one month to up to two years. So it's meant to be transitional in nature. So we offer casework as well as classes, life skill classes, mm. you know, everything from basic budgeting to relapse prevention to other things that build social supports. People stuff that people will need in the long term as they transition back into society. We help them look for stable housing. We talk to them about savings and, and how to make, you know, rent payments and, and all of these things that, you know, most of us don't really think think twice about doing, but a lot of mm-hmm. people who are transitioning from these types of places, you know, some of these guys have been in facilities for 15 years mm-hmm. and, when you, when you think about the, the advancement of technology in the last 15 years, imagine, imagine being handed a smartphone all of a sudden and you're like, man, I don't even know what this thing does. And so we, we have to facilitate learning and those types of things for guys. It's like, hey, this is a smartphone. It does email. It, it does web searches. You can do all these different things with it. It's a very useful tool. But there's a lot of downside to it, you know, talking to them about scams and all this other stuff that goes with yeah. uh, phones nowadays. Yeah. People want to friend request you and they tell you that, you know, you can get money by clicking on this thing and that just don't, don't do it. You know, so it's, it's interesting to see the, the variety of things that we, we teach people and educate about just basic life stuff that most of us take for granted. When you, uh, you say they're there for, you know, a, a month to, to two years, what, what is the, the, transition that leads them out of it is that they find stable housing is that what ends up getting them out of it or is there programs that go through how does how does that process work so the goal yes is to transition them into stable housing so we help them create a a transition plan 
for most people that means finding a job, starting to save money, and looking for stable housing of some kind, affordable stable housing. Now, affordable housing is a whole other issue, and if, if you've talked to other homeless service providers around the country, you know that affordable housing is a, an issue everywhere. Yep. So, so, and a lot of the guys that we serve have, you know, bad credit, they have evictions on their record, they have criminal records, and so people don't want to just rent to them all the time. So finding stable housing is really the hardest thing. So that's the goal. The goal is to get people stably housed. Now transitioning them into that, it could take up to two years, it could take less time. It really depends on their individual situation. Over the years that we've been doing this, we've been doing this 13 years here at the Curtis Center, the, the broader organization, the People City Mission, we've been in Lincoln since 1907, so we've been doing homeless services here for over 100 years. But the Curtis Center, the transitional living that we do, we've been doing for 13 years. And throughout that time, we've we've encountered a small handful of guys who really just do better in the structure that we provide. So we have a couple guys that that stable housing for them is is living here at the Curtis Center. And and they they've been here for a few years. They've they've moved on and come back. You know, they just end up back here every few years after they've moved on. Just Realizing that, you know, the, the minimal amount of structure that we offer, the little bit of staffing that we can provide them to assist with whatever we need to assist with is a better fit for them in the long run. So for some guys, stable housing is living here with us. And we're okay with that. If, if, if it means long-term success for them, then we're okay with guys staying past the two years. But for the most part, that transition is something we're always working towards from day one. Uh, that's really that's really cool what what uh what are the qualifications to be able to to be in the program right you said you had about 70 or 60 males right i know there's going to be more than 60 male uh males in nebraska that could could utilize it how, how does somebody qualify to participate so the curtis center is a low-income housing tax credit facility so we were awarded tax credits from the Nebraska Investment Finance Authority, and we gave those tax credits to the developer who built the building. And so, you know, once you hear the term tax credit, you know the IRS is involved. And so there are income limits, first of all. I believe the current income limit this year is, is $34,000 a year, so they have to make less than that. So we can't offer housing to people who are making, you know, a ton of money. That's not why we're here. We're here to serve low-income people. One of the other qualifications is uh, student status, so we can't operate as student housing. We're we're less than a mile away from the University of Nebraska in downtown Lincoln, the, the Cornhuskers, our beloved Cornhuskers here in Nebraska. And so we can't serve as student housing. So if you're a full-time student, that disqualifies you from living here as well. So those are the two big things, whether you meet the income requirements and the student status requirements. Outside of that, you know, we take people with you know, bad credit, substance use issues, you name it, pretty much we can take it. Uh, as long as people can take care of themselves, you know, we don't offer medical services of any kind. We're not, we are not a nursing home or a care facility. You know, so guys have to be, they have to be mobile. They have to be able to get up out of bed by themselves, shower, clean up after themselves, those types of things, feed themselves. You know, we get a lot of older guys in wheelchairs and walkers and, and that kind of stuff in there they're good enough on their own to live here, but yet living on their own 
especially in an apartment building where there's stairs or any type of other barriers to access. You know, we don't have any of that stuff here. We're ADA mm -hmm. compliant, so they can get their, their wheelchairs and walkers and all of that good stuff in here. Other, you know, being program compliant is one of the bigger things. You know, are they meeting with their caseworker? Are they doing the classes that we're asking mm -hmm. them to do? We are a, a sober sober living environment, so are they refraining from the use of drugs and alcohol? You know, and, and guys often relapse and have those types of issues, and we work with them, and we try to get them into whether it's an AA or NA program, some other kind of 12-step program or an outpatient program, whatever they need. You know, it doesn't, we don't just automatically disqualify them because they've relapsed. But, you know, some guys, they struggle pretty badly with that stuff and maybe need a higher care, level of care than we can offer. But outside of that, we're, we're designed to be a facility that can, can take almost anybody. That's awesome. Is there is there like a waiting list to get on it? Because I imagine there's more people that would like to participate than you have capacity for. Uh, so we have a high turnover rate because of the nature of the program that we, we are running currently. As I said, we've been doing this for 13 years. For oh, maybe half of that time, we were working with the Veterans Administration and we were actually housing homeless veterans. So if a veteran showed up in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, and they were homeless, we'd get the VA on the phone, and they would send their social worker down here, and we'd get the paperwork done, and we'd move them into the program almost that same day. And the VA would help to offset the cost of the program for them, and we'd work with them. And so we did that for a number of years. Recently, the Veterans Administration built some other housing, some apartments and stuff like that, so they've been use using that, and we don't have that partnership anymore. So there, there was a wait list at that point, definitely, mm. with the number of ha uh, rooms we were allotting to the VA and the number of rooms that we had for just general purpose. Right mm -hmm. now, we're running, we're running, uh, I think six different programs at this point. So we're contracting with a lot of other agencies, whether it's parole or probation or sentence conversion, which is through the county. So there are wait lists for a lot of those programs, guys. Mm -hmm guys know ahead of time when they're being released from prison and so they they email us or they have their reentry person get a hold of us and say hey here's my my probation or my parole hearing is on this day and I'd like to come to the Curtis Center and so we try to get them assigned a room by that date but a lot of times those guys don't end up getting paroled maybe about half of them do so we have a high turnover rate you know when they're getting out when they're actually coming to us do they get paroled and then a lot of those guys stay with us for a very short period of time because they're they're on a strict, you know, if they get paroled, they're on a strict, hey, we want you to get a job and find housing within three to six months, not two mm -hmm. years. That's really so, cool. So, so the turnover helps you guys be able to not necessarily have a waiting list and, and get people in and out as, as quickly as you can. Uh, it's a really, really cool program. How does it fit into the larger, like, People's Cities Mission? What other things does the People's City Mission do uh, in Nebraska to try and help individuals experiencing homelessness or anybody else? So the People's City Mission, we're in Lincoln, Nebraska. As I said, we are the only homeless shelter in Lincoln, Nebraska. Wow. So I didn't know you, that. Yeah. So if you find yourself in a crisis situation where you don't have a place to stay for the night, we're the... We're the only place to go outside of 
specialty shelters for domestic violence, which you know mm-hmm. you can only get to if it's a domestic violence situation, and the shelter for uh, youth, homeless youth. So there are two other shelters that are specific types of shelters for specific populations. We're the only general homeless shelter where <clears throat> you can walk in off the street and say, hey, I have no place to go, and I get a bed here, and, and we'll take you. So in the, in the grand scheme of things, as the only shelter in town, we serve as pretty much the safety net. You know, if somebody loses their job, loses their home, there's nowhere really else for them to go. We mm-hmm. work with a lot of the other agencies that, that offer housing assistance, so we get people connected to whether it's a rapid rehousing or a permanent supportive housing type of a situation. We help to get them assessed and entered into those programs as well. We serve men, women, and children. Generally, we have about 350 people here on any given day. Those numbers have been kind of low with the pandemic over the last year. And our numbers get significantly higher when it gets cold. You know, gosh, last month, weather was here in Nebraska, it was negative 20 for a few days. Yeah, it was was real cold. And when it becomes life or death outside, we, we let everybody in. No matter how many people are here, we just, we know we don't want people to die. And so we can have up to 450 people here in the wintertime, which can be, it can be pretty chaotic having that many people in one building. I mean, I've been to small towns in Nebraska that have less than 350 people in them. So we, we have quite a few people here. Wow. It, um, let's say Lincoln is the second biggest city in Nebraska, I think, right? Omaha is bigger than Lincoln, unless I'm mistaken. Um, so yes. uh, you guys, you guys would end up probably being one of the larger homeless service providers in that entire state. Um, uh, probably larger, largest in, in some of the surrounding areas states as well. Um, do you, do you get many people traveling from a- other areas to come and utilize your services or you tend to find it's mainly just people that are in Lincoln that are utilizing the services? It's both. We get a lot of people, you know, the nature of, homelessness and being transient people come from all over and whether that's hey I'm coming to Lincoln to settle down and and find a job and it's a permanent move to I'm I'm just passing through mm-hmm. we get people I get over the years I've been here people they go back and forth between here and a number of other shelters within the Midwest and people come from Colorado because yeah there's there's more shelters probably in Denver but there's so many more people that they the access to services is just a huge wait list. Now, do we do we want to put the word out there that hey, you should come to Lincoln if you're homeless because we have a lot of services? <laughs> Definitely not. But that's what that's what people hear. Hey, go to Lincoln. They have a nice shelter. They have all these services, and we do have a lot of services, and, and we're proud of that. But that doesn't mean you should come out here. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, there's there's great services in in most cities. I think people will will utilize them, but it, it's uh, often a trick to get people to feel um, to to trust a homeless service provider. I'm I'm curious for the People City Mission and particularly the Curtis Center. Like, what things do you do to try and help build the trust between uh, you and and the clients that you're serving? That's a million dollar question, isn't it? Yeah, building trust. Um, one of our core values here at the People City Mission is that everybody gets respect. And so how do you practically facilitate that in every interaction that you have with somebody? Well, 
the basic things are learning their names, right? Introduce yourself. You know, hi, my name is Art. I'm the director here. It's nice to meet you. Welcome. Glad you glad you're glad we're able to help you in their situation. You know, what's your name? Is there anything immediately that you need? Try to try to bridge that gap between, hey, this is a stranger to, hey, I know this guy and he's all right and he wants to help. Mm-hmm. That can be a big barrier. I uh, I think my appearance helps. You know, I have a <laughs> I have a lot of tattoos and a big beard, and so I kind of look relatable to, to guys who have been in prison or been on the streets. I think that that kind of helps me as well. I don't wear a suit and tie. You know, I try to dress. I try to dress approachably, and I just try to be friendly, smile, acknowledge people, and, and understand where they're coming from. You know, I have a, a history myself of being homeless and being on drugs and, and that kind of stuff, and so I know what it's like, and you know, I try to relate my personal experience with a lot of people and let them know, hey, man, you know, I've been there, and I now I'm here, and you can be here, too, if you want. This, this, this lifestyle is for anybody who wants to work towards it, and it's not impossible for you. It's not a hopeless situation. We just really try to share with them the hope that I have and hope that they get they get that message. That's, that's awesome. Uh, you, I think you mentioned, it may have been before we started uh, recording, but you mentioned you've been doing this for about five years. What what yeah. led you into Homeless Services? What what gave you this calling and something you were going to work on? Uh, like I just said, I, I have a history of, of homelessness and drug addiction myself. I moved to Lincoln, Nebraska in 2012. I came here from California. And in California, I was I was homeless, living on the streets. I'd never been in a shelter out there just because there wasn't one locally, and frankly, it was warm enough to live on the streets. But I figured I was going to either end up dead or in prison, so I moved out here because my grandparents live in Nebraska. I ended up here in Lincoln, didn't know anybody. You know, my grandparents don't live in Lincoln. Didn't know anybody, didn't have any friends or family, and I found myself actually staying here at the People City Mission. And the, the way that the staff treated me from the moment I came in, I still remember that day coming, coming in the building and just being scared that, gosh, this place is, is I didn't know what to expect. You know, I expected it was going to be more like jail where somebody was going to try and uh, take advantage of me and I might have to fight the first guy that comes up to me. But it wasn't like that. The staff was very friendly and warm. They brought me in the office. They told me, you know, everything's going to be all right told me that God loved me and cared about me. And from there, you know, I developed some really close relationships with some of the staff members. And after after I went to rehab in 2015 and got off drugs, and I remember sitting down across from a friend of mine who at that time worked here at the People City Mission, and he asked me what I wanted to do, you know, and I said, man, I want to go into ministry. I want to help people. I want to spread the, the love of God to people. And through through some distance education that I did for ministry and an internship, I ended up working here at the People's City Mission. And I've, I've, they really helped me when I really needed it, and I wanted to be a part of, of that. Because I benefited from their services when I was down and out, and I want to be there to help people and, and show them that, you know, you're worth it. Even if, if you feel like nobody cares about you, nobody loves you, you're scared, you think somebody's going to take advantage of you, that's that's not why we're here. We're here to help you. We're here to help you get your feet under you, to move out of here and find a, a different lifestyle than you've been living. So. Right, this is an amazing story, and amazing that you're dedicating your life to helping others. 
uh, it's uh, truly commendable. And uh, what, what I guess I'm curious about is for people listening to this podcast, how can we help you, um, right? How can we help the, the Curtis Center? How can we help People City Mission? How can we help people experiencing homelessness in Lincoln, Nebraska? What are some things that we could do to help? Well, the first thing that you can do is you can always donate, of course. Any any sort of charitable organization has has pretty uh, pretty heavy financial needs. You can go to our website. That's uh, www.pcmlincoln.org. There's a multiple ways to get involved and donate from there. We have a program called Only Two Fifty One, where you sign up to donate two dollars and fifty one cents once a month. It's an ongoing donation, so every month it comes right out of your bank account. $2.51 is hardly noticeable in the grand scheme of things from your bank account, I'm sure. Uh, that money basically serves to feed one person one meal once a month. So if we can get mm. 20,000 people doing that, then we could pretty much feed everybody in town. That's one of the easiest ways to get involved. We have a, a list. So if you go on to smile.amazon.com, I believe it is, the Amazon webpage for for nonprofits, you can go to the People City Mission page and we have a list there of current needs. So you can, I mean, everybody loves to shop on Amazon, right? You can go on there and just click <laughs> and have it shipped right to our door. We always need hygiene items, towels, linens, those types of things, very practical stuff that, that everybody needs. We provide all of that stuff to people, so we need a lot of that. Um, you can definitely pray for us. Prayer is a huge part of what we do. We're a Christian organization, and, man, if, if you pray for us, we, we really appreciate that. Um, you can get on our website and sign up for our newsletters that we send out once a month. You can get updates about what we're doing here and the current needs, and, and there's just a ton of ways to, to be involved. You can follow us on Facebook. We're trying to, to get a lot more social media exposure. You can find me on, on LinkedIn. I try to post stuff on LinkedIn about what we're doing here. Lots of ways to get connected to what we're doing. Awesome. Well, Art, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your amazing story and the amazing work you and your team are doing. Um, from from all of us, really, thank you. It, it's a, it's a, homeless services is often a thankless job. And so thank you, you know, please, uh, you know, take our gratitude and we will, we will definitely pray for you and, and your team. And hopefully somebody listening to the podcast will jump on and, and sign up for the 251 or, or grab some hygiene items or whatever it is to try and help uh, the individuals that are experiencing homelessness uh, that, that you're helping because it's, it's a worthwhile cause. But thanks again for jumping on the pod. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me tell a little bit of my story and what we're doing here at the Curtis Center here in Lincoln, Nebraska. And Anybody who's out there who's praying for us and who's donating, we really appreciate it. We can't do this without you, that's for sure. So thank you. Thank you for listening to The Business of Vulnerability. If you or somebody you know would be a wonderful guest for our next recording, please let us know at Team Pulse. It's T E A M. P-U-L-S-E at pulseforgood.com. Thank you.